Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to First Mover, your place for the earliest look at every DFS slate. That's right, we're here, it's Monday, and we're looking ahead at week 10, even though week 9 is not even yet over. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog, more about them in a little while. Underdog, of course, very great sponsor here of all things Roto Underworld and Player Profiler. I'm your host, Dario Ofstein, the Director of Analytics for Player Profiler. And I'm here to talk to you guys about the week 10 slate. We've got another 10 game slate this week, pretty thin by weeks game in Germany, all of that going down. So there's only 10 games on this main slate in week 10. And then we will be going over the DraftKings and FanDuel prices, as well as, you know, a few hits and misses from last week. My general read on these games Let's get right into it. So I always like to start with just talking about hits and misses from the week before. And as you guys know, this is the early, early look. So a lot of things change. I mean, I did this show on Monday. It was before the trade deadline. And then a lot of guys changed teams. The outlook for, for example, James Cook and Devin Singletary, who I thought had a good chance to perform well this week, changed with the Naheem Hines trade. Even though Hines only turned out to play like four snaps or something, we know that the DFS outlook for those guys was changed pretty drastically by the trade. TJ Hawkinson was one of the big names to change teams. He had a very, very good involvement yesterday in his first game as a Viking. So lots changed between Monday and Sunday, as always. But there were some good hits that I guess we can take a quick moment to victory lap. Justin Fields, as someone in the chat has already pointed out, was one of my, probably my best call of the week and maybe one of my best calls of the season i mean he's been trending up for a while and he just happened to explode yesterday 178 yards on the ground i believe it was on top of a rushing touchdown and three passing touchdowns just absolutely nuclear he did bring darnell moody with him who i also mentioned terrace marshall had a good game he's fully established himself now as the panthers wide receiver two and tyler lockett who you know seemingly I hype up every single week, had another great game. Nothing too crazy, of course. And we know, like we said, that Joe Mixon just utterly broke the slate. He had a season's worth of touchdown regression come in one week against the Panthers and a few running backs that, you know, were fairly fairly clear chalk, at least on DraftKings that I talked about on Monday that all smashed were Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, And then a sneakier call at running back that I had that actually panned out surprisingly nicely was Michael Carter for the Jets. He had a pretty good game, found the end zone. I remember over on our player profiler edge value props, he was one of the top value props. We had the over 
on his 29 and a half rushing yards, which seemed really low given our projections. And he, of course, smashed that. So very nice to see the synergy between our player prompts and our projections and our DFS reads all coming together to see a guy have a good game. So shout out to Michael Carter for making that happen yesterday. And then some misses from last week. Quarterback and tight end, I think, just fell pretty flat for me. And for most of us on the slate, I had my eyes on Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby, and Robert Tunyon of guys of that ilk. And then quarterback, I even said that PJ Walker was an okay, you know, punt play at quarterback. He, of course, got benched and only threw for nine passing yards yesterday. Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers both fell flat in that Lions versus Packers game that finished with a final score of 15 to nine. So kind of had some some misses there at the onesie positions, but overall pretty happy with how last week went. I think there was a lot of exciting games and we saw some pretty good performances that we talked about here on this very show last week. So it pays off to be thinking about the DFS slate as early in the week as we possibly can. And, you know, appreciate all you guys for tuning in here. So let's just start talking about week 10 here. We've got a 10 game slate. We'll start off with the Vikings at the Bills. The Bills are seven and a half point favorites over under is 47. That game, of course, Josh Allen's injury is looming. He was popped up on the injury report today, I believe, as questionable. So we'll see. Hopefully his elbow's okay and he's able to play to his fullest ability. He made a couple of errant throws yesterday that kind of reminded us of rookie year and sophomore year. Josh Allen before he just became the absolute unstoppable force that he is now. We have the Lions playing at the Bears. The uh, Bears are favored by two and a half and the over under is 48 and a half. The Broncos will play at the Titans. The Titans are favored by three over under there is 39. The Jaguars are playing at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites with an over under of 50 and a half. And then the Browns play at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are favored by four and the over under is 48 and a half. The Giants are hosting the Texans. Giants are favored by six and a half and the over under is 40. The Saints will play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. The Saints are two and a half point favorites and the over under is 41 and a half. The Colts are playing at the Raiders. Raiders are six and a half point favorites there with an over under of 42 and a half. The Cowboys will play at the Packers. Cowboys are five point road favorites and the over under is 43. The Packers just looking so, so lost played one of, if not the worst defenses in the league yesterday and only were able to score nine points. And then another game with a completely lost offense. You have the Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are still favored by three, but the over-under is all the way down at 43 and a half. So as you guys may have caught, there's only four games with a total over 44. And those games are Vikings, Bills, Lions, Bears, Jaguars, Chiefs, Dolphins, Browns, and that's it. The rest of these games have some struggling offenses in them. And I think that's kind of one of the stories of the NFL right now. I mean, the Rams, the Packers, the Broncos, and the Colts, to name a few, have really disappointed so far this season relative to the expectations that most people who analyze the league had going in. And that's reflected in how thin this slate is and how thin the top tier of 
of football teams is right now in general. So very interesting problem that that creates for us in DFS. As we know, we want to be targeting these juicy offenses. And I think we've reached the point where we can accept that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get us there. The Rams haven't really been able to get there this year. The Broncos have been a huge disappointment. So we're going to have to have all that in mind as we go into the week 10 DFS slate. And we will start off by looking at DraftKings, of course, as always. On this slate, we've got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So we at quarterback here on DraftKings, those two guys are, of course, at the top with Allen at 8,600 and Mahomes at 7,900. This is, I think this is a slightly bigger difference between those two than we've seen in past weeks. And then third, a little ways further down, is Kyler Murray at 7,200 and Tua at 6,700. Dak Prescott is 6,600, and then Justin Fields has climbed all the way up to 6,500, but I still think he's possibly the best value on this slate. He, of course, had massive rushing upside yesterday. He's leading the league among quarterbacks in first downs gained by rushing, and then this slate at quarterback is just so, so thin. I mean, we go further down, and you've got Kirk Cousins at the Bills for 6,000. Russell Wilson, 5,900. Daniel Jones, I think, is maybe a bit appealing if he's able to get there with his legs this week. He's 5,700. And then you get down to like very desperate punt plays. You're, you're going to play maybe Trevor Lawrence at 5,400. Catches my eye just a little bit, but it's pretty, pretty dire at quarterback. So probably another week where we're going to be paying up for Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Tua. Dak, who finally had a vintage Dak performance in their last game before the bye, and then Justin Fields, who I think is clearly entering the QB1 conversation in fantasy with how questionable the rest of the top quarterbacks are right now in like that QB8 to 12 range. I think Justin Fields has very much entered that conversation for us there. Over to running back, Saquon Barkley is 8,600. Derrick Henry is 8,300. Nick Chubb is 8,100. Dalvin Cook is 8,000. Josh Jacobs is 7,600. Jonathan Taylor is 7,500. And Alvin Kamara is 7,400. That's pretty much the elite bell cow tier, but it you know it always descends into this semi-bell cow tier with Aaron Jones at 7,200. He left the Packers game yesterday with, I believe it was a knee injury. No, sorry, it was ankle. And he didn't play after leaving the game in the third quarter. I believe he was seen in a walking boot and unclear whether he'll be able to play this week. Travis Etienne is 7,100. He's climbing closer and closer to that elite tier after another great game yesterday. Tony Pollard stands out to me at 6,500. We know that Zeke is still recovering from a knee injury. And I think if there's, there's still a good chance that they give Zeke another week to get well. And Tony Pollard, as we saw last time he was out there, 131 yards, three touchdowns, absolutely smashed in the game where he was given the full workload. Damian Pierce seems surprisingly low to me. He's only 6,300. He had a great game against the Eagles defense, which we know is an exceptionally good defense. And Damian Pierce just ran all over them. He single-handedly kept the Texans in that game. And then a little ways further down, Jamal Williams is 5,900. He has been basically the RB1 for the Lions as they continue to 
sort of try to be bring back DeAndre Swift, but he's clearly not fully healthy and not fully himself, but he's also not, you know, resting. So Jamal Williams has been getting obviously the goal line touches, the majority of the carries He had 24 carries in yesterday's game. He didn't find the end zone, which he's pretty dependent on as we know, but he's gotten a lot of goal line carries this year. And at 5,900, I don't think he's a bad play at all. And then a little ways further down, we've got Jeff Wilson at 5,500 who had the same number of carries as Raheem Mostert yesterday in his first game on the Dolphins. He had way more yards. I think it was 26 yards on nine carries for Mostert, 51 yards on nine carries for Wilson. So Jeff Wilson seems to already possibly be taking over that RB1 role. We know he was playing well this year on the Niners, and they just traded him away because they had, of course, acquired Christian McCaffrey. So I think that Jeff Wilson is our new Raheem Mostert. I was touting Raheem Mostert every week on this show, as you guys know, and I think pretty soon it's going to be time to tout Jeff Wilson, especially on DraftKings this week, where Wilson is $600 cheaper than Mostert. I will be definitely getting plenty of Jeff Wilson exposure this week. And then, believe me, guys, I tried to find you a good value way down the board here on DraftKings, but running back is just really thin this week. I mean, I think the only possible stretch of a consideration that you could have is the Colts backfield if Jonathan Taylor were not to play Zach Moss is only 4600 and Deion Jackson left that game yesterday early he's only 5400 so there is a world where Zach Moss is the RB1 on the Colts but I'm not sure the RB1 on the Colts is someone that we will be interested in given that they will be in their first game with a new head coach and this is just Again, goes to show how thin this slate is. I think that guys like Jeff Wilson are kind of the bottom of the comfort level that I have in week 10 at running back. Receiver, on the other hand, is extremely deep. We have seemingly every stud receiver playing on the main slate this week. You've got Tyree Kill at 9,100. He's dethroned Cooper Cup as the highest priced DraftKings wide receiver. Cooper Cup right behind him at 9,000. Justin Jefferson is 8,800. Devontae Adams is 8,700. Stefan Diggs is 8,300. DeAndre Hopkins is 8,000. And Jalen Waddle is 7,600. It doesn't stop there. CD Lamb is 7,000. Amon Ross St. Brown is 6,900. Chris Olave, 6,800. Mari Cooper, 6,500. Just guy after guy that are proven quantities in fantasy. And I think they're pretty reliable in terms of their target share and their offenses for the most part. So a lot of these alphas, you can get good exposure to them because their ownership probably won't climb too high on any single one of these expensive alphas because there are so many of them. And then going down into that high-end wide receiver two tier, already mentioned Chris Olave and Amari Cooper, but Olave 6,800, Cooper 6,500, like them both, of course. Juju Smith-Schuster is only 6,000, and Christian Kirk is only 5,900. Christian Kirk, after kind of going off the map for a little bit, he came back with his first touchdown in a couple weeks and nine targets. So he delivered at 5,500 last week, and now he's up to 5,900. I think still a very good play. Darnell Mooney is 5,500. Rondale Moore is 5,200, and Michael Gallup is 4,900. All three of those guys have pretty established roles in their offenses and clearly have the trust of their quarterbacks. Mooney, as we said, was brought along by Fields yesterday, caught seven balls, including a touchdown. 
And Rondell Moore had another 10 target game yesterday. Michael Gallup, we're hoping that coming off the bye, his knees just a little bit healthier in Dak's best game of 2022. He also had his one of his most involved games, four receptions, 49 yards on six targets. So hopefully more involved involvement for Gallup. I think 4,900 is a very fair price to pay for that. And then further down the board, we've got MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is 4,100. I do think that I'm getting increasingly concerned, especially with Kadarius Tony there. But I just, I think the, the reason that we've been touting MVS in DFS, and I think that we may continue to do so, especially with a price this low, is he is still attached to Patrick Mahomes. He's still a great deep threat. So even though he has yet to show us a true ceiling game with a touchdown and like a long touchdown and big stats, he did go over 100 yards the game before last, and I'm not too worried about the one target blip yesterday. Sammy Watkins is only 4,000. I think that with the Romeo Dobbs ankle injury, it says that he'll be out about four to six weeks. So Sammy Watkins stands to benefit from that, definitely. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones is only 4,300. He's been kind of a sneaky producer so far this year. He's just putting up you know, a, a good chunk of yardage per game, not a ton of receptions, but he's had some pretty high target totals now and there. And he's still very low priced at only 4,300. He's definitely a guy that we're going to be keeping an eye on once Deshaun Watson makes his eventual return. And that is kind of it for the wide receiver bargain bin over to tight end. Travis Kelsey is all alone at the top on this slate. He's 7,800 and the next highest tight end is TJ Hawkinson at 5,300. So huge gap there for Travis Kelsey. He has, of course, very well earned it. Although Hawkinson did have nine targets in his Vikings debut. So very encouraging stuff for Hawkinson there. Continuing with the top of the prices among tight ends, Zach Ertz is 5,200. Darren Waller is 4,900. Hopefully he's finally able to return. All his hamstring has been holding him back for a few weeks now. Pat Fryermuth is 4,200. And as you can see, that's a it's another big drop off from Waller to Fryermuth. And then David Njoku is listed at 4,100. I says he's listed as questionable and he plans on returning this Sunday against the Dolphins. So I don't know if you want to trust a guy coming off of a high ankle sprain in his first game back, but David Njoku appears to be back on the slate. A little ways further down, I think that the bargain tight ends that I will be interested in, I think the one who probably projects to be the chalkiest is Greg Dulcich at 3,400. Dulcich has shown just good games with Russell Wilson and with the state that tight end is in right now his three games this season he's had at least 11 fantasy points in PPR formats that's very hard to find right now at tight end so any kind of consistent target share for Dulcich at that price is a very very appealing um, bargain and then just a few other guys down there in the 3000s range Cole Komet is 3400 he caught two touchdowns yesterday Tyler Higby is 3600 he has seemingly just fallen off the map after being a target monster early on in the season. It could be that defenses are just starting to scheme around him a little bit better or that the return of Van Jefferson has just thinned out the target tree in that offense. But I think that 3600 is a bit of an overcorrection on the pricing down of Higby. And then Foster Moreau is a little ways further down at 3200 He's 
obviously a great contingency plan if Darren Waller once again is unable to play. Over at defense, the most expensive ones are the favorites of the week. So the Cowboys hosting the Packers at 4,000, or sorry, the Cowboys are playing at the Packers, but they're big favorites and their front seven is very fearsome. The Giants are hosting the Texans and there are 3,900. The Raiders are hosting the Colts and they're 3,800. And the Bills hosting the Vikings are 3,700. Dolphins hosting the Browns are 3,600. And those are kind of the top tier of defenses. I think a couple that look good to me on paper this week are the Chiefs at 3,400 against the Jaguars. They're very big favorites at home. The Bears are only 3,100 against the Lions. And we know the Lions offense is pretty uninspiring. And Jared Goff has a penchant for turning the ball over. And then the Cardinals 2,700 against the Rams. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the Rams have been one of the most disappointing offenses in the league this year, largely due to their struggles on the offensive line. So the Cardinals lining up to face them this week could potentially do some damage to Matthew Stafford. And those are kind of the three defenses that I would be looking towards in the bargain bin on DraftKings this week. Here is, as always, a little sample lineup for you guys on DraftKings. Started this one off with a Justin Fields stack with Darnell Mooney, brought that back with Amon Ross St. Brown, got a little skinny correlation between Christian Kirk and Juju Smith-Schuster, and then rounded this out with some pieces that I like in all the other games, such as Jeff Wilson, Alvin Kamara, Greg Dulcich, and the Cardinals defense. So to give you guys that lineup from top to bottom, it's Justin Fields at 6,500, Jeff Wilson at 5,500, Alvin Kamara at 7,400, Amon Ross St. Brown at 6,900, Darnell Mooney at 5,500, Christian Kirk at 5,900, Greg Dulcich at 3,400, Juju Smith-Schuster at 6,000, and the Cardinals defense at 2,700. Quick little Monday lineup for you guys. I think that Justin Fields is once again the best value play on DraftKings among the quarterbacks. So stacking around him in that Lions-Bears game feels pretty good to me. The Christian Kirk and Juju correlation I like a lot. Juju has, of course, been getting increasingly involved in the offense he's had. I think it's been three games in a row now that he has delivered in a pretty big way. He had 12 targets last night and turned that into 10 catches for 88 yards. So Love what we've seen from him and Christian Kirk, as I mentioned, bounced back nicely yesterday. Before we get over to FanDuel, of course, I would like to thank Underdog for sponsoring today's show. They are currently already starting playoff best ball. So if you guys haven't played playoff best ball before, it's pretty cool. It has a different element to it than most other you know regular season best ball leagues because playoff best ball requires you thinking about which teams are A, going to make the playoffs and B, going to continue advancing in the playoffs because you want guys who are going to be scoring fantasy points, not just in the wild card round, not just in the divisional round, but winning you the whole thing by putting up big points in the Super Bowl. So there's an element of picking the right players. There's an element of predicting which teams are going to succeed. So that is already live over on Underdog. It's the way too early wild card tournament. And then, of course, the weekly Battle Royale tournaments on Underdog, still a great way to play DFS. These little six-man drafts turned into a big tournament, and you can you know build the stacks that you would in DFS. You can get unique by drafting guys a little bit further off the ADP tree 
in the last round. So if you guys haven't already played the Battle Royale drafts, and if you guys haven't played playoff best ball before, those are definitely two things over on Underdog right now that I would definitely hop in on. You can use promo code UNDERWORLD for a full deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. That's promo code UNDERWORLD. So if you guys are signing up for the first time, use that promo code, deposit anywhere up to $100, and Underdog will match that every single penny. So if you put in $100, then you'll have $200 in your starting balance over at Underdog. So be sure to sign up if you haven't already. Promo code UNDERWORLD. Big thank you to them for sponsoring today's show. And now I'll get back to talking about the DFS prices on FanDuel for week 10. At quarterback, as you guys know, already pretty thin. Um, Josh Allen leads the way, 9,200. Patrick Mahomes, 8,500. And we see Justin Fields has climbed all the way up to the QB3 in FanDuel pricing. So he's 8,300 in week 10. Tua is 8,100. Kyler Murray is 7,800. Daniel Jones, who, you know, I talked about his rushing floor, making him a decent value on DraftKings. He's not nearly as underpriced on FanDuel. He's 7,500, which makes him more expensive than even Dak Prescott at 7,400. So FanDuel not giving you as much of a discount on those Konami quarterbacks like Fields and Jones, but you can play Dak Prescott at 7,400. And then if we're going down searching for bargains, Trevor Lawrence is 7,000. Russell Wilson, he's 6,900. I feel like I mentioned Russell Wilson, especially in the context of FanDuel week after week. And he hasn't quite delivered any huge games this season, but you know, we, we think we know he's talented. So maybe, maybe he's your bargain play at 6,900 this week. And then, I mean, if you're really desperate or really looking to save money, Kenny Pickett is 6,600, but the Saints defense is no pushover. Although if Marshawn Lattimore is out, I think I would entertain that Kenny Pickett play a little bit more than I am at least today on Monday. Over at running back, Saquon Barkley leads the way at 9,500. Derek Henry is 9,400. Nick Chubb is 9,000. Alvin Kamara is 8,600. Josh Jacobs is 8,400. Travis Etienne, a little bit more expensive here. He's 8,000. Same thing with Damian Pierce. He's 7,700. And then Dalvin Cook is 7,500. Here among the Lions backfield, you actually see Jamal Williams at 7,400 and DeAndre Swift at 6,800. So you don't quite get the same discount on Jamal Williams that we're getting over at DraftKings. Tony Pollard, however, is only 7,000. As I said on DraftKings, he's just going to be an absolute smash if Zeke is once again out this week. So, you know, hey, you know, Jerry Jones, if you're listening to this show, please do us all a favor and let Zeke fully recover. Don't rush him back. He's we know we know you think he's your RB1, so you wouldn't want to force your RB1 back any sooner than you have to. So, Jerry, please do us all a favor. Give us a few more weeks of RB1 Tony Pollard, please and thank you. Little ways further down, Jeff Wilson, who as I mentioned, kind of seems to be already taking over the Miami backfield. He's only 6500 and then running back also gets pretty dire here on FanDuel. Zach Moss is 5600. And Deion Jackson is 5,500 if we're entertaining the Colts backfield once again. And then the Bills backfield, you get Devin Singletary at 5,600, Naheem Hines at 5,500. And then um, let's see where James Cook 
falls in. He's 5,200. So not, not many discount backfields here on FanDuel as we saw on DraftKings. But as, as I mentioned on this slate, we do have a loaded wide receiver position. Cooper Cup is 9,200. Stefan Diggs is 9,100. Tyreek Hill is 9,000. Justin Jefferson is 8,600. Devontae Adams is 8,500. DeAndre Hopkins is 8,300. Jalen Waddle is 8,200. Amari Cooper is 7,800. CeeDee Lamb is 7,600. You know, it's hard to draw the line where the alpha receivers stop and the wide receiver twos begin because this is just a very strong tier of wide receiver twos. You get Chris Olave at 7,500. Juju at 7,000. Amon Ross St. Brown at 6,900. And Christian Kirk at 6,800. I think everyone above Kirk is someone I'd be you know, pretty bullish on any given week. So very deep wide receiver this week at FanDuel. Gabe Davis is only 6,500. We talked about this last week, but he's very underpriced on FanDuel relative to DraftKings. Same deal kind of goes for the Broncos as an entire offense. So you get Jerry Judy at 6,400 and Cortland Sutton at 6,200. Feels kind of gross to say, but maybe this is not a terrible week to stack the Broncos. The The Titans secondary has not been particularly great, although they did kind of hold up against the Chiefs last night. Darnell Mooney is 6,200, and then Rondale Moore is 5,800. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 5,700. Michael Gallup, 5,700. Kadarius Toney is 5,500 if we're looking at some Mahomes stacks. And then way, way down there, Sammy Watkins, 5,100, who, like we said, could step into something of a role with the Romeo Dobbs injury. And that brings us over to tight end. Travis Kelsey, of course, at the top, all alone, 8,500 this week on FanDuel. Taysom Hill is 6,500. Zach Ertz is 6,300. TJ Hawkinson is 6,000. Tyler Higby, 6,000. Greg Dulcich is 5,900. He's not nearly as cheap as he is on DraftKings. David Njoku's 5,800. Darren Waller is 5,700. Pat Fryermuth is 5,600. And Dalton Schultz is 5,500. I think some little bit deeper values, although not much cheaper than that. You get Cole Komet at 5,300. Foster Moreau, 5,200. And Dawson Knox at 5,000. Robert Tunyon at 5,000. Harrison Bryant at 4,800 is interesting if David Njoku sits out one more week after all. Like like we saw this week, 10 games means these slates are just going to feel thin across the board. So not as many tight ends as we would obviously like to see. And then over at defense, I think the Cardinals, Bears, and Chiefs stand out to me as values once again. But let me read you guys the top of the board first. The Cowboys are 5,000. The Raiders are 4,800. The Broncos are 4,700. The Bills are 4,500. And the Titans are 4,400 against the Broncos. It's interesting that both defenses in that matchup are pretty expensive. The Chiefs are 4,300. Mentioned that I like them a decent bit. The Cardinals are 4,000. And the Bears are 3,800. Again, only 20 teams are on this slate. So not too much to choose from here. And let me get you guys that sample lineup for FanDuel, of course. I decided to go with a Patrick Mahomes triple stack here, actually, with Mahomes and Juju and Kelsey and then Kadarius Tony. I think, you know, he only had two targets last night, but the play here is he's only 5,500 and maybe they get him a little more involved. We've seen his explosiveness and it's a good sign that he was able to play in the first game where he was eligible. Seems like his 
hamstring injury was uh, not that serious after all. And then I also went with a little bit of correlation between Darnell Mooney and the Bears defense and then rounded this out with uh, also Christian Kirk on the bring back for that chief stack and then Tony Pollard and Jeff Wilson as my running backs like those guys a lot this week in case you can't tell so Patrick Mahomes 8,500 Tony Pollard 7,000 Jeff Wilson 6,500 Juju 7,000 Christian Kirk 6,800 Kadarius Tony 5,500 Travis Kelsey, 8,500, Darnell Mooney, 6,200, and the Bears defense at 3,800 is that lineup from top to bottom. So thank you guys for tuning in. This has been First Mover for Week 10. Thank you to Underdog for sponsoring today's show. And I hope you guys all have as good of a week this week as Joe Mixon had yesterday.